welcome to the Boxing Now podcast. I am your co-host, that dude named Dave, aka DJ, aka Dave, my government. And next to me, I have my main man, Jorge. What's going on, man? What's going on, Dave, man? Good to be here. Hey, we made it to episode two. Hey, episode two. It's a, it's a milestone for us. Yes, we are here. So before we start going on a rambling tangent of things that go on here, let me just go ahead and put some things out there. You can check us out on Boxing Now podcast on YouTube, also on Facebook, Boxing Now. Also the website, BoxingNowOnline.com. It is under construction, but bookmark the page because it is available off the real estate is there so we're going to have content on there as well uh jorge you got anything to plug real fast sure quick shout out to uh, my uh, domino online domino uh play on uh, twitch tv uh live underscore dominoes uh streaming tuesdays thursdays and saturdays at 8 p.m oh yeah and one more thing too my other podcast and i'm on with my brothers jd johnny dangerous and jeff smith jump off live wednesdays 8 p.m on youtube as well as facebook and on twitter and tiktok and twitch jump off live so wednesdays 8 p.m also on the barn burner network as well Woo! that was a mouthful that was a mouthful for both of us all right so i said all the things that's preceding preceding here so we've had episode one we're here for episode two yep here to talk more boxing Right? Oh, we're going to talk about wrestling. Definitely no wrestling. Not basketball? No, not feeling basketball. Not feeling basketball? What about some football? You know, our fancy football teams are. Yeah, they're shit. Yeah. For everybody to know, we've been in the same fancy football league for about 11 years now. Yep. And it's from a job that we previously worked at. And uh, people don't think how big time that job was, even though we probably didn't get paid enough for it. Like, we can talk about that another time, but the technology and what we did there. It's groundbreaking. Like, if we tell people what we did, it changed. I mean, like, in a sense, it changed society. Uh, yeah. To a degree. I mean, until pandemic season's over. But it did change technology, what we worked on. It was definitely some uh, break, groundbreaking technology. And uh, and if you've ever worked for a startup company, I suggest do it at some point in your life. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. A lot, lot, uh, lot less rules and regulations at the time. Not company-wise, but in terms of uh, the people you interact with and kind of uh, get away with whatever what's on your mind yeah that's why we're able to do this show right now because the fact that we worked on we worked for an upstart company and it was brand new it wasn't just a new kind of brand new technology that has never been seen in society ever in the world then you throw us to the fact that we got to work 78 hour 80 hour weeks working nights and weekends and then the fact that we both like the same ish too oh it was a recipe for disaster we should have been fired a million times uh we were we were hr violations every single day of the week two or three every day Yes, uh, I think um, anytime we came into the office and we were together, it was an HR violation. Uh, as soon as I parked the car in the parking garage, it was a violation. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, so uh, we'll get to that another time here. So if people want to know about the, we actually some smart dudes. We worked on some things. So we'll, we'll talk about that another show. Absolutely. Yes. Good. But what we wanted to talk about today, people, boxing now, fans, freaks, whatever you want to call yourselves here, we'll, we'll figure out a name for it. Boxing people. degenerates. I yeah, like that degenerates, one. yeah. Um, heavyweights. Heavyweight, uh, heavyweight division. Very interesting time, uh, especially with the uh, lead into some possible fights down the road, whether they be the Joshua Fury fight that we'd all like to see or some intermediary fights with some interesting folks as well. Yeah, so let's level set here. So uh, Anthony Joshua fought this weekend and had a ninth round uh, knockout, which I knew was going to happen. Um, I think it was uh, Pulev he, he fought. I can never pronounce his name. All, I, I do, I'm not trying to disrespect any European, Russian, Polish fighters. I just have a hard time pronouncing your name. So if y'all see me in the streets and if you just give, tell me this is how it's pronounced, I'll get it right. 
I just could never pronounce their names right. And I'm saying that because it's just, I just can't get it. My tongue does not work right, DSI. Nothing sexual about that. I'm just saying. You, you're looking like it. Mm, uh, 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 <laughs> but, get your head out the gun. Yeah, let's, let, let me backtrack now. Um, <laughs> I can never pronounce his name. Anyways, he got knocked out. I knew it was going to be a knockout. Uh, my boy Jeff was asking me this weekend, which fight to watch, Shakira Stevenson or the Joshua fight? I said, the Joshua is not going to be a good fight. I said it's going to be over in the sixth round. So I was three rounds off, but I knew it was going to be a knockout because he, when he was younger, he fought a Klitschko, and he got his ass handed to him and knocked out, I believe, in the fifth round. So you're going to tell me the dude's like 38, 39 years old now. He's fighting a younger Joshua, and I knew that Joshua would be economic because we saw how he acted in Ruiz and he's still trying to bounce back a little bit. He, he, the first fight is still not a bounce back after that kind of knockout. So he was still playing it kind of safe, but he got the knockout. We saw that happening. And so now that sets the stage because as soon as that fight was over, Bob Arum was like, I've already been talking to the other side here. We want to get this fight done ASAP. I will do whatever it takes to make Anthony Joshua Fury happen in the early part of 2021. So I was happy to hear him publicly state that right after the fight. Yeah, no, that's a good statement. That's the the right message you want to deliver to the fans after a very lengthy 2020 pandemic season. So let's, you know, it's, it's the right message to end the year, keep the fans uh, engaged, hoping that that fight comes out uh, at some point next year. Um, yeah, to your point with the Joshua Pulev fight, I – wasn't surprised Joshua would be Pulev there. I'm still not surprised Joshua is – he's changed the style. It's definitely not the same aggressive Joshua that fought uh, Klitschko. That knockout from Ruiz will definitely change some habits. Um, so he's definitely in a cautious state of mind, and I'm very curious to see if that would be a strategy that he would carry over if he gets into the ring of theory at some point uh, early next year. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting – way for him to fight because this is going to be the first time that he's well yeah this will be the first time he's fighting someone taller and bigger than him because him and Klitschko were roughly around the same size I think he was like an inch taller than Klitschko because Klitschko was like 6'5 mm -hmm. and he's 6'6 six, six, and they're both in the 250 to 260 range but when Fury in the ring is around what 260 to 280 I think when he fought Wilder he was like 269 yep depending on uh which I think the second fight was 269 he put but on he, more weight on the second fight for yeah. sure he put on he yeah he made it a point he said he was gonna he and he he leaned on Wilder those extra pounds where he was close to what fifty pounds heavier than Wilder. Yep, definitely came from the the Stewart camp of uh, heavyweight fighting. Uh, definitely a lot more right handed and a lot more weight on his body. Definitely a lot of a uh, lot of lean ins, push downs, just to kind of tire out Wilder in the later rounds and finish them off. Right. So we're looking at Fury, who was six nine, two sixty nine, two seventy. If he decides to say, I want to put extra weight on. And we're looking at AJ around 6'6", 245, 250, but all diesel. Most, I mean, he's a sculpture, too. I was talking about the last episode about Kel Brook, but he cannot hold a torch the way Joshua works out. And I think that's a, detriment, that's a detriment to him for a fight like this. You cannot have that much muscle. I think he needs to lean up just a little bit because it's going to restrict his punches, especially against a guy who's taller than longer than you. You need to be a little bit faster. You need to be a little bit more quicker, and you got to be more off your punches. And just being that bulky is not going to allow him to get off the way he wants to. Yeah, and it's the wrong type of bulk. It's it's muscle bulk, which, you know, it's great. It's nice if you don't have that much, you know, if you have a low body weight percentage. There. But, you know, for a fight with Fury, who's going to have – he's already, you know, for a tall guy, you know, he looks – doesn't look the lean part, doesn't look chiseled, but he's got good weight. 
healthy weight, mm-hmm. good heavyweight weight, which yes. would allow him to not just sit on his punches, but be able to crowd punches, be able to land and lay his body on top of a fighter next for a fighter where, you know, especially when it gets rough inside, it's um, all that. Well, those are points. I mean, what he's doing is ring generalship at that point, and it's all points at that, you know, from that point, vantage point. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Joshua decides to put on a little bit more weight, maybe look a little bit less chiseled to see if that, you know, is able to hold on to more, to take on more punches from Fury. If he decides to stay lean, he's uh, going to be, I would think, moving around a lot more and probably just as cautious as he was uh, after the Ruiz knockout. As much as I want to see this fight, I already know who's going to win. Yeah, Fury's going to win this fight. Yeah, I, I hate to say it like that. Like, if Fury has the right mind state, we can talk about his past in a little bit. If he comes into camp the way he did any of the two Wilder fights, and if he says, I don't care if this is Anthony Joshua, I'm employing the same game plan, he's winning. Yeah. He's winning this fight. I mean, I honestly believe it's going to be over by 10th round KO. I would probably think sooner than that because I think he's going to get Joshua's attention early, and I think at some point Joshua's going to have to take some risks. Joshua's not going to take any risk. He's it, he's scared mumble jumbo right now. He's That's scared mumble jumbo. I think probably after the Ruiz fight. I I don't know how you don't gamble a little bit if you're Joshua. You gambled against Klitschko when the knockdown came, and you you came back to get that knockout. And that was a young Joshua though. He he's, he was young and dumb. He didn't have no belts yet. He wasn't ready. He was still green. Man. I hear you. I mean, you. I take that. No, he had one belt. He had the IBF belt when he beat Charles Martin. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Had the reboot here for a second. And then he, that was a horrible fight anyway. Charles Martin, one of the worst heavyweight title holders in fighting history. Charles who? Charles Martin. King <laughs> Charles Martin. That, that, no. that tells you my boxing history, people. If you watch this, how I can just real fast recall that fight. Uh, I think it was in 2015 or 2016 he fought Charles Martin, who only held the belt for two months, like close to three months. And the reason why he won the fight, because the guy who was fighting like jacked up his knee like in the third round and he mm. couldn't go on, so he got the belt just just on GP. Yep. So, but he was young. He he really he was a title holder, but he didn't win it because he beat a dude who he would have beaten his sleep. But when he fought Klitschko, he was young. He was green. He didn't know no better. I mean, I look at that as a different scenario than the Joshua now who's made the, the 20s a million each fight now, who is selling out Wembley Stadium, who is on, you know, men's magazine workout covers, who's now a face of so many things, a brand ambassador. And then when he got his first taste of a loss, it was like, hold on here. I, I got I, I to gotta pull back just a little bit. I got I to gotta maintain this brand. I'm AJ, baby. I'm Team, I'm team Jordan here. You know, I, I, I got yeah. the jump man. Yeah, you know, man. so he's he's dialed it back a little bit. You know, he's a little bit older now. You know, got hundreds of millions in the bank. Hangs out with rich millionaire friends. I, I think he's wiser not to take his risk, take risks with fights that he doesn't need to take a risk on. I think Fury, Klitschko was worth the risk. I think he's going to see Fury as the same risk. He took Ruiz lightly and paid the price. Yeah. He didn't take it lightly the second time, but Ooh. he definitely took it light enough to where, you know, and, and Ruiz helped him out by being out of shape for that fight anyway. Ruiz ate himself out of another 50 plus million dollars. Pretty much. Oh, Real fast. David Sidebar moment. Andy mother effing Ruiz. I'm not trying to curse right now because we are talking to some people about some network stuff, so I'm trying to prep for that. That's mm-hmm. why I'm not being profanity laced right now. But once again, you're the Buster Douglas of our day right now. He didn't have to be either. He didn't have to be. And it's a direct correlation because Buster Douglas ate himself himself out of probably another 50 to 100 million dollars. Exactly. You know, and Ruiz, all he, I mean, it's, 
I should say, oh yeah, that that sounds so easy, right? I made it sound so easy with the the lures of being rich for the first time, right? But we've seen this story all the time in boxing that guy wins, never had this kind of money before. Now he's on top of the world. He's the Rocky of his town. And he just parties for three or four months, like his New Year's on February, March. Mm-hmm. And my Mexican folks, he didn't even party up here. He went to Mexico with his family. Yep. So can you imagine having American millions in Mexico? The first thing he did buy was a Rolls Royce, bought his people some cars, bought the houses, and he went to Mexico and they partied for three months. Yeah, they partied with his money for three months. He allowed it to happen, and it's you know it's funny. Usually, if you you come from humble beginnings, you kind of know what that what that feels like. So then, when you finally get some money, you don't you think you'd still be down to earth. And it's a yeah. damn shame that he wasn't, and it's a damn shame that the people around him weren't either. So, well, his trainer was. He was the only voice of reason. So I'll end the sidebar that his trainer tried so hard, but he said that there was people in the camp he'd never seen before, the um, the Anthony Joshua fights. All of a sudden, there's like 10 people that is like, I've, I've had been training Ruiz for the last how many years now? Who are these 10 dudes here, like, out of nowhere? So he had an entourage that's showing up, calling the shots now. Dudes he just met, like, yeah, yeah, we – we we running things now. You you seen in the movies all the time, like yeah. You know, actually they probably got a track outfit on like I got on right now, wearing suits like that. You know, name where they got they got the grease hair back. You know, I see some brothers with some afros. You know, exactly. and you got I'm, I'm I'm stereotyping. I know I am, but still slightly stereotyping. You know, but, but it's boxing though. Boxing is all about stereotypes. So I'm just going to embrace him because it's been doing that since the beginning of the boxing. Uh, I feel like we missed an <laughs> opportunity there to be part of that entourage. I mean, I mean you get 10 people you don't recognize, 12 you don't recognize. Why the hell? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? We should have been over there. At least just get something. A little bit. A little taste. What the beef? That's all I was asking for. You know what? I think I was talking like that because I do want to be part of the entourage. I don't care if I'm the eighth dude. I don't care. If I'm down with the, if I'm down the heavyweight champ, I don't care. How, I don't care how short I am. I'm down the heavyweight champ. I'm the heavyweight yeah. champ too. You see that WBC belt there? If he got the belt, I got the belt. You get to be the one carrying the belt. <laughs> you wear it around your face. Kind of covers your eyes a little bit and stuff. But at least you're carrying it. And then you know what I'm gonna say each time? I will if if I was part of the entourage of like Andy Ruiz before he loses. Oh, of course. I'm know. walk. I'm walking into the ring. And I'm going to be like, the champ is here. You got to stretch your stuff. The champ is here. The champ is here. Yes. And they'll be like, who are you? And I'll say it again. The champ is here. Over and over. I'm sorry I had to do that. That's my, my sidebar. I'm just mad at Ruiz because I was a fan. I uh, was a fan of the knockdown. I was a fan of the. I was a fan of him coming back from the knockdown to do what he did against Joshua. I was definitely looking forward to having somebody else enter the the Menage Trois boxers that were there at yeah. the time. So Be- I was definitely looking forward to seeing some of that, some of that competitiveness with another guy jumping in there. I didn't mind that. Yeah, because it was so in the ring. Because we had. You know, Anthony Joshua, you know, he wasn't going anywhere, right? Even mm-hmm. though he lost him. Then you add Ruiz, and you had Wilder, and Fury was back. And then, you know, at the time you had Luis Ortiz, you know, because he can beat any guy at any time. And Big and, Baby Davis and, before and, his And steroids. then Big Baby before he was on this cocktail, Mazel Tov of, like, uh, HGH uh, steroids and anything you can think of under the freaking sun. Yep. Like, you literally had six or seven people, including the champions, like, yo, at any given time, they're going to make good fights. Exactly. So that's why I was a fan of Ruiz. Like, oh, another guy's in the ring now. But then... He ate himself out of oblivion, and we still ain't heard from him yet. I mean, we've heard from him, just like, "Hey, how's he doing?" That's that, about that, it. That's about it. And that might be all you hear. I mean, that knocked that loss to Joshua there. Um, 
Oh, set him back a bit. Um, not... and, he, and he had two fights. Even though he got the minimum for the first fight, it was still a heavyweight fight. Mm-hmm. No, no, no people don't get that opportunity. Then he got the second fight. So as much as he partied the first fight, imagine how much he partied after the second fight. We, we, we didn't even talk about We're talking about he got the first fight and partied. We ain't talking about second fight part money. That was bigger. He recovered and he partied. He partied like it was 1999. Man, shout out to Prince. Rest in peace. Oof, I know I would. Yep. But I'll be back in camp so I can get these other millions. See, that's the difference between Anthony Joshua, who took the fight lightly after being a champ for a couple of years, yeah, he was jabbing, played it safe. He had the straight B minus Klitschko fight plan. Jab, yep. jab, you know, throw to right, hold, hug, you know, keep distance, go 12 rounds, give me my belts. Exactly. You know, but beside, before that loss, he's been collecting $20 million paychecks every fight. Yep. He's been selling out Wembley Stadium. He's been a professional. He's been handling his business. His female resume has been, been impeccable. And you, if you add his female resume and what he's doing, I'm like, I as much as I'm not a fan, like I have, not, when I say not a fan, I have preferences. You know, he's a good fighter. I respect him, but I'm a fan of other people. Mm-hmm. But I respect the hell out of him because he's living his life and he's putting in the work. Yeah, no, agreed with that. Um, I, I Kind of back to like a previous point that I mentioned, though. I, I think for the fights that, you know, I, I hear what you're saying from the business point of view, he's not going to want to take any more chances and stuff. I, I think with Fury, he's going to take that chance. I think he will. I don't think he's – he made that mistake by not being ha, being that hungry when he fought Ruiz, and he paid the price being knocked down. Mm-hmm. And he's playing it safe now accordingly because there's a big money fight with Fury coming down the road. And – So when he gets that fight with Fury, he's – I think he's going to be fighting. He's gonna be, I think he's going to put it all on the line. I use that bell there because we're going to have the same topic, but I want to pivot a little bit. Sure. That could derail Anthony Joshua and Fury fighting. Of course, let's get to that. Yeah, we've been talking about this possible fight, but then there's this thing about boxing politics. We have the WBO, WBA, WBC, IBF, IBL belts. You got all these belts for a champion. Mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua has all those belts except for the WBC and the linear title, which holds to Tyson Fury. Right now, when you have all those belts, you have mandatories. That's how. Things kind of keep order for people who don't have the name to get their shot at the title. Exactly. And when you're a unified champion, the the sanctioning bodies then figure out they do a round robin as far as like, okay, this if he won this belt first and he wants it second, and then that that they go in and order their mandatories. Mm-hmm. Right now, the WBO's up up right now. So it's Alexander Usyk who is the mandatory. For people who don't know him, he was the second undisputed cruiserweight champion. First was Evander Holyfield, but he's the first to be undisputed in the four-belt era. When Holyfield won it, it was just WBC, WBA, and IBF. Nowadays, we have the WBO came into play now in the last, what, 15-plus years now to become a major sanctioning body, and so he won all four. Moved up to heavyweight. The way the WBO works, people, is that when you're a champion in a division and you release, you know, you give away your belt saying, I'm not going to fight in this division anymore, and you go into another division, you automatically can petition to be the mandatory challenger for that next division's belt. So in this case here, he went from cruiserweight to heavyweight. The WBO is up now. He's basically saying, it's my turn. I don't care about Anthony Joshua fighting Fury. I'm not getting no money in this fight. I'm not making $20 million for this fight. I'm not fighting at Wembley Stadium. No. Give me my title shot. So that's where we're at right now. So let me ask you a question here, Jorge. Sure. If you were Alexander Yusuf. Would you take step aside money 
or would you say, no, I want the title shot right now? Uh, the ego part of me as a fighter would say, I want the fight coming up right away. But I will also would say, you know, there's always a price. And I think if the price is right, and I think the, the fight big enough with Wilder, I mean, with Fury and, uh, and Joshua, that I think there's enough money that could be made there that Yusuf should, should be able to take that step-aside money. I also think with that step-aside money, depending on how the fight looks, he could be the next fight instead of a possible, you know, two-fight or three-fight uh, contract with these guys, if you know, depending on the, how the turnout of the first fight looks. Mm -hmm. For me, I think the opposite here. Um, Yusuke is 32 years old, so he's looking at the fact that the clock is ticking for him right now. And if you saw what happened with Dillian White, and we could probably talk about that, maybe in this episode or maybe another episode, if not, people Google that. We'll, we will talk about him. But he's 32. Dillian White was a mandatory in the WBC side, and it, it took him, part of it is his fault, part of it not his fault, three or four years that he was a mandatory. It, it was, they had like a running clock that he was mandatory for like over 700 plus days. It was some crazy number like that, right? Yep. Whether he deserved it or not, he was, and he never got a title shot. Usyk is seeing the same thing, too, as well. I'm 32 years old. Bob Arum backtracked and said that after when Joshua won, that we're going to do everything possible to make this fight. So if you're Usyk, you're saying, I could take some step aside money. That's cool. Take a few millions. I'm still not going to get that belt. I still got to fight so that I don't want to be rusty. I don't want to fight, and then I lose. And if I lose, I lose my mandatory shot. I have to stay undefeated where well, they're not fighting or fighting guys who I can beat to make sure that I still get that title shot. Do you have the fact that, too, that Aaron Murray said like a two-fight deal like we were talking about? So if they fight in April, then the next fight might be by the end of the year. But who knows with COVID, it could be next year. It could be 2022 before I get a title shot. So I have two options here. No fear in Joshua. You're not fighting. I'm, I'm going to get a shot now just the WBO belt but the three belts or you're going to drop that WBO belt. I'm going to get this belt. And then you guys going to have to force to fight me anyway. Cause you guys going to want to have this belt anyway. Cause for the unification purposes. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have a pony in one of those two guys. He's promoted with Eddie Hearn. So they're in the same camp with Anthony Joshua. So Eddie Hearn's trying to make his magic. That's like, yo, we're, we're a family here. I'm going to get you. And you like, nah, man, this is business. Yep. So I don't see Usyk taking step aside money right now because he's already done two fights already at heavyweight right now. So he's looking at the fact that I want this belt. At least let me lose going after this belt. I think Usyk's an interesting person right here. And I, I'll say this. His timing sucks in general. I'm, that's something I probably wanted to mention for a while. I mean, his timing sucks on this. I, I, whether it was his goal, and it seems like it was his goal to always become an undisputed cruiserweight champion while he was at cruiserweight. <laughs> He's 18 or no. He's, he's still a relatively young in the boxing game from that point of view at the professional level. I think I believe he's been fighting for a long time, though. But Long amateur. Long amateur. Him and uh, Lemacheco are in the same camp. Yep. You know, so uh, actually I believe Lemacheco's father also trains Usyk as well. Yep. So big background boxing pedigree, but just the circumstances, just like uh, Lemachenko, just in the amateur so long where they were basically adults because of the country that they lived in. Exactly. And then the laws and the legal laws as far as like being a professional athlete. Exactly. So for him to be, I mean, he's 32. So I get his point with his age and stuff and, you know, and, and father time comes for everybody. 
He's still, again, he, he might be a fighter that fights into his 40s. He may say he may not want to fight into his 40s. He might have already decided he doesn't want to fight into his 40s. That doesn't say that he can't because he's definitely young at the professional level body-wise, that, that the damage he hasn't taken. He hasn't taken, many, he hasn't taken the damage that other fighters would be taking uh, to to not be able to sustain you know, fighting into his mid-30s, late-30s and stuff. So it's possible that he could get his belt. He probably wants it now, and that's probably maybe the young side, the ego side of him saying, I want that belt now because I'm a young guy. That doesn't say he won't be able to get the belt. The But back to what I was saying before, his timing sucked. I think if he had saw somewhere that there was a potential for him to come to cruiserweight, I mean to heavyweight sooner without getting the undisputed cruiserweight title, I think he had to have made saw that a long time coming. I mean, he knew he was going to always go to heavyweight. He, I think he needed to see where the belt light at the time. And at the time, you know, Fury was, you know, was a man that was out of the game for a while. He was the ring champion, but he was out of the game for a while. So there were some belts that were possibly able to get. He could have fought a Joseph Parker. He could have been settling himself, setting himself up for a fight with Joshua, maybe even sooner than that, since you're both on the same promotional banner. So there, there was, I think, an opportunity for him to get to get out of that situation, uh, get more upfront with the situation as opposed to now kind of chasing everybody's tail because at the end of the day, it's really down to – it's three heavyweights, but it's really two. It's Fury and Joshua. And right now, I, I don't think there's enough of – he doesn't have much leverage outside of a mandatory. That's pretty that's much all, it. But that's all the leverage he needs. And, and, and it's right. That's all the leverage he needs at this point. But I, I – the boxing powers that be always seem the way to kind of make things happen. I got to disagree here. Know why I can say that, though? Because unless he has a price, it doesn't matter. I Un- think- unless he has a price, because as soon as he came up to uh, heavyweight, he was trying to get that fight right off the rip. Eddie, It took Eddie Hearn a long time because he was public about going out to Joshua. Mm-hmm. And it took Eddie Hearn a long time to say, hey, you know what? Take this first fight at heavyweight. Get Bulk up a few pounds. You've been scaling to 200. Mm-hmm. You're not a big heavyweight. Put on these extra pounds and see how you feel at that before you go after AJ. I'm your promoter. Think I'm going to make money off of you as well. So we got that first fight. And I think he fought one more time too as well. He's at a point now like, okay, I got my two fights now. I want the belt because step aside money and then winning the belt are two different price brackets. And that's where I, th- I think he's going to, I think he, just because he, he you know, there's a price. He hasn't mentioned the price, but there's a price. Oh, believe me, there's going to be a price. There's going to be a number that he'll say, he'll, he'll just have to stop himself saying, Hmm. At the end of the day, he, I think it's going to be a, for him to step aside. I think it's going to be a combination of two things. The price, and some language in the contract that says, but I'm talking about the contract for Fury and Joshua that says, okay, well, I'm going to step aside, but if certain things, if certain outcomes occur, I'm next. If not, then then that, that, that price better be high enough so that can step aside a second time for a second fight if that's what's going to be the mandatory for uh, Joshua and uh, Fury. So it, it, it's, the politics are, it's a messy and it's not so much politics, but it's just the way business is done. Yeah. So we'll see how things come out. When you have four entities. Exactly. You have four entities where the, everybody's not in line. It's not just the entities. Then you got the people in line in those entities. Yep. So you got, like I said, right now, you six the mandatory for the WBO. Then you got your WBO, WBA mandatory. Then you got your IBF mandatory. You got your WBC side, you know. So you literally got all these different uh, sanctions and no one's in line. The only sanctioning body that 
will break the rules is the WBC. Yeah, I was we was talking about this before how um uh was it was, it was off the before we got started here yeah. how the WBC just off the rip they will never follow their own rules you know they will literally but there's good things how they do it and there's bad for example um the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. They didn't care about Dillian White. I was mentioning earlier who was the mandatory, who I can probably do a whole episode on why he should never have been the mandatory in the first place mm-hmm. in any way about that. But they pushed him to the side. We was like, yes, you are the mandatory, but for purposes for boxing and then A, for perf- and B, for business, because we make more money and they're going to make more money. We doing Wilder and Fury right now. Sorry, Dillian White. You got to go to the side. Keep fighting or you can just chill on the bench. But we sanctioned this. Go ahead and sue us, baby. This is we are we a private company. Exactly. You know we can break our rules whenever we feel like it. You know what you gonna do? You gonna sue us and you win. So what's gonna happen? You really you really think we're gonna work with you successfully going forward here as our champion? No. So you know when that happened, then you know we saw the WBC change their rules and allowed for the Wilder Fury fight with the belt on the line. The fight was gonna happen, but the WBC recognized this is better if we have that belt there. Mm-hmm. On the line. Exactly. And it did. It made the average casual fan saw the WBC belt, the most recognized belt in boxing. If that's on the line, that sells a few more pay-per-view buys. Exactly. You know, so, and then you got the opposite way where if you're dealing white, that's messed up too. You're like, I was the mandatory. I got to wait two or three years to get a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see the WBC break the rules in good and bad. The WBO is like, okay, uh, two camps. If there's a step aside money, let us know. We'll put him back here and you guys do your fight. There's no step aside money. Here's the date for the purse bid. And then you guys come to agreement. Let us know the location of the fight and how much money is being made. And boom, we don't want to hear no other drama. Yep. They're straight laced down like that. And the IBF is even worse. They are, they're, they're, and all of, they're all more sanctioned there. But as far as that rules, they're down the line. So WBC, we wouldn't have this problem right now. They'll tell you sick, hey, man. How about this? We're going to let you fight for the silver title. You can walk around not with the gold belt, but you can get the silver belt, and then you can claim to be WBC champion, and then we'll get at you eventually. Exactly. That's what will happen, but now nah, he's in the WO world right now. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it sucks. I mean, one of the things that I'm, I know they're hoping to put together is the undisputed heavyweight title match together. The last thing they think anybody wants to do is relinquish a title to avoid a fight because a mandatory is, let's put it this way, I would say, I won't say being hard-headed, but he's within his right to go challenge for that belt, right? Yeah. And Yusuf is in his right to challenge for that belt. So I, I'm hoping they all get to the negotiating table. I hope they brush some egos aside and just say, you know what? What do we have to do? What's, what, what's, what's, what price can we put on there? And if he doesn't have a price, they'll invent a price. And I think the fight will be big enough that they can invent the price that I think he'll be satisfactory, ultimately. Um If, I mean, if he does turn it down, I'd love to see what that number is that he's turning down. I, I would... I can understand if he's lowballed, but if he's getting something close to ten million dollars to step aside, I doubt that. I've never the highest. That'd be aside, the high. The highest upside money I've seen is three million. That, that'd be believe me, ten would be ridiculous. But would but, but would it be far off? Depending on where you do the fight and how much you're charging for the fight and where it's and, and in this case, two fighters that haven't they haven't seen a heavyweight since Lennox Lewis since we've seen an undisputed heavyweight title. So I think alone with history, the belts, the fighters, the location. You know, a ridiculous number like that, of course, is ridiculous. But um, and I'd say that high of a number because it probably will never get there. But would it be pretty close to that next time? Maybe, maybe six million, maybe seven. Maybe you know what though? 
I got to interject on that. COVID. COVID's gonna that's gonna cut that number because who's to say how many fans are able gonna be at the fight for Fury Joshua that we know would have been there before COVID. One thing we know is that it would happen in Wembley, and it would have been ninety to one hundred thousand people. And on pay per view on Sky Sports, and of course on pay per view out here, not to mention the other freaking markets across the world, you lose that gate money because of COVID. So the possibility of that high of a step aside money makes it less likely not knowing that you're not going to have that gate. You know, I mean, a hundred thousand people. And then let's think about it here. Now, if you price this right, the upper deck's going to be priced very good, but the high rows in the front, they going to, for this type of fight, they going to price this one out the Wahoo. Yep. So, but because of the uncertainty here, that dollar amount, may, that whole dollar amount may not be there. Couldn't put a wrinkle until like that. So the timing of the fight and when it occurs, that it, it's going to matter a great deal. And and, and the, it matters because of what's happening with the pandemic. So um, hoping that, you know, all parties, including uh, governments, step aside, uh, take advantage of trying to get the vaccination out to everybody, <laughs> whoever who wants it, uh, and, uh, and hope the fight happens at some point with – Enough step-aside money. I want Yusuf to get a step-aside money. I want it to be good enough for him so that way it, it, it doesn't become an issue. I, I mean, I, he's the mandatory. If you're going to be, the, if you're going to put down your mandatory chance, you got to give him a good deal. So here is one option that's being put on the table, and maybe it doesn't take that much step-aside money, but it guarantees him the belt. They were saying that Bob Arum wants to put the fight on as fast as possible. Got to put respect on Bob Arum. I know the last, the first two episodes, people are going to think that I'm a Bob Arum fan. I, I think he's hilarious. I'm not the biggest fan of him in the world, but I find him funny as ever, and he, I respect him for him just turning 89 and what he's done in boxing. But as soon as the fight was over, how he just came out and was like, look, I'm going to do everything I can to make this fight. You're not going to blame this one on me. I got ESPN all involved. We're going to put this on ESPN pay-per-view. We'll use ESPN Plus because he broke down how this new age, there's been more pay-per-view buys on the digital platform than the regular desktop. You know that? And we have that unlike anybody else. Mm -hmm. He just went on his tangent saying, we're going to make this fight. I am Furious co-promoter. We're going to get this money. So maybe he puts it in a pot for Usyk. You yep. know, on that. But I respect him to come out right away. It wasn't no, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It was Saturday night he was talking. He was up. He watched the fight like, nah, we in. This is, you know, and then what was extra funny was Fury on social media today. The man's, uh, the man's in content, pure content. Oh, my God. He was cursing out Anthony Joshua, call him a bum punk and everything else that we can think of right now because Joshua didn't come out as adamant like fury saying i want this fight here you know he danced around it you know he played the political card pretty you know ring he got you know he got the win kept his belts kept it moving man fury's like yo you need to go ahead and call my name out man say my name put some respect on it you know what i'm saying i'm gonna give you this work all right i'm gonna let you know what's gonna happen so i see was back to bob arum uh, it's gonna be a couple outcomes here it's gonna happen in april like what he wants and then what's gonna happen though is that once the fight is over then whoever's the winner is going to have to give up the WBO belt because yep. you already made history by having to fight with all the belts in the line, linear along with WBC, WBA, IBF, and WBO. And then I then it could be the fact that a week later, Usyk fights for a WBO belt. Then Bob Arum's already said that when we do this fight here, it's going to be a two-fight deal. So you're going to have two fights. The second fight would be without the WBO belt. 
So then Usyk is going to be hanging out, making these defenses on the WO belt. If he wins it, the mandatory. I forgot who would be that next man up, but he would be the clear favorite. It wouldn't. You wouldn't want to put no money on it because it'll take a lot of money to win money. Yeah. And he only win a penny. So he'd be on his side with the WBO belt, and then Joshua and Fury be doing their thing, and then Deontay Wilder's going to be, you know, circling the mix, whatever is going on with him. And then whenever that gets dust gets settled, then they got to come to Usyk to fight fight him again for the belt. That's yeah. one scenario. That could that could take a few pennies. That could work out. Or Usyk, since it's only December right now, could force the hand and say, F that. Fight me now or give up the belt. And then at that point, then we don't have an undisputed. We're going to have the two best fighters in heavyweight fight, but you just don't have that undisputed crown. And then eventually they got to go back to Usyk, whoever's the winner at that point then. Uh, I mean, and, uh, and that's, I mean, in, 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 in actuality, Jorge, as much as we gone back and forth, Usyk has the power. He can say no to the check and force WBO for a purse bid. And that's it. It's over. He could just stand on it and say, no, purse bid, phone turns off. And you know what WBO's going to do? Purse bid is set for February such and such, and bam, do what you got to do. Yeah. That's it. So he has the power. So Bob Arum and Eddie Hearn can cut a check, and then he say yay, or he could say F that. I, I, and those are the two scenarios I point out that will what will happen. If he takes the money for a short term, then we have the April fight. He doesn't. We don't have an undisputed fight. And he holds all the cards. And now it's not, it's not even the point where WBO can say, no, you know, it, it's up now. The mandatory's up. WBA has no say so. IBF has no say so. WBC's already said, yo, we ain't stopping the fight. Mm-hmm. If y'all do it, we just need y'all to sign the contract. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that sentiment, but it's uh, I, I'm like I said, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Aram in that in that same uh, same breath there. If anybody can help create some step aside money, whether coming out of his own pot this time, I, I, I'm hoping Aram would be that guy to do it. I think he would. Again, there's too much money riding on that fight, on that Fury, uh, Joshua fight for for him maybe not to invest on that with Hearn and just put a you know just build up that step aside money. Um, it wouldn't surprise that, but I think to your other point though, with Usyk taking the mandatory, there, there, there's there's maybe some some bigger plans that Usyk's got in mind. Not just maybe for the belt, but maybe trying to paint a picture where he can sell the undisputed title coming after him. Maybe right? I mean because he would hold the cards then because he would make more money. Like I said, he's even stated, I'm not getting none of that money. You can give me step aside money, but I'm not getting no back end money. I'm not getting a purse for Fury and Joshua. That he's gonna get twenty maybe fifty million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Minimum before the back end kicks in, fight like this. I'm not seeing that, but a few million step aside money. But like you said, I take the WO belt, y'all duke it out for two fights. I'm over here knocking out mandatories and a couple of good dudes in the top fifteen here. And then by twenty twenty two Y'all still got to see me in that undisputed title fight has my name on the exactly yeah, now. and that's maybe what he's got in mind, and that and that's maybe what he envisioned. Maybe that's what the whole grand plan. And that's is the on that and part. that's the long game, but that's more money. Yep. That I mean, like if you if you can't get Joshua now, oh yeah, and there oh option C is <clears throat> excuse me, Eddie Hearn tells Bob Arum, hey, we can't do this fight in April. Let's do it in September. I got to get Usyk here, so he gives uses a fight in April. Then Fury, maybe does a rematch with Otto Whalen. Remember, we were talking about yeah, that off we, we can, Otto we can talk about that in a second here, and Otto Whalen. And then after you have those two fights, like a semi-final type of thing, then 
when it, if and when Fury wins, and then hopefully whatever Usyk and um, Joshua, you kind of hope Joshua wins because that's where the money's at. It's not going to be of Usyk if he upsets him. Mm-hmm. Then you do the fight in late summer. That's one scenario where that you can say that Fury may have a little bit of unfinished business. May, he, and not really, but you, you can make a tiny argument. The, the argument I would make from Fury's point if he's going to fight Whalen again, for example, the rematch. Mm-hmm. And not that Fury needs the rematch, but only needs it from this point of view. And I would definitely defer to like Rocky II, where Apollo Creed basically said, you know, what? I beat the man, but I didn't, I won the fight, but I didn't beat him. And that's where I think Fury's got, if he decides to fight Whalen again, that'd be the, I mean, it's a proven fighter that fought with him, did some damage to him. They allowed the fight to continue with the cut on his head, and he was able to come out and win the fight. Congrats to the Fury on that. This is probably one of those redemption fights where Fury would say, okay, you know what? Again, I beat him. I won the fight, but I didn't beat him. Takes him with the same strategy he did with Wilder, ends the fight early, and, and basically clears up all, you know, all remnants of that of that person and, and moves on to bigger and better things. And for our boxing fans, let me level set here. Um, Otto Whalen is a heavyweight that Fury fought before Deontay Wilder, if you're not aware. And in the fight, I mean, he was probably ranked like 28th. He was, he, he, he was literally the Rocky. You know, you threw him in there, just say, hey, man, we, 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 need, a white guy to, we need a white guy to fight on prime time. He was young and hungry, though. So that's not, that's not discount that. He was still a young yeah, fighter, but, but definitely in the lower ranks here. Let's just be 100 here. It's, it's in the heavyweight division, ain't nobody heard of this dude. It was literally, I'm not trying to be racist. It was literally, we need a white guy on ESPN prime time for a tune-up fight before we go to this big, tall black man into Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. I mean, boxing plays on the racism and the politics and all the other things, the isms that we said earlier. You know, it was clear cut we need a gimme guy and we want a white dude you know and Waylon was the perfect guy strong durable dude who you know has not had the fights but you know like hey he's a tough and rumble like build for four truck tough mm-hmm. type of guy and fury kind of took him just a little bit light and levels up get popped in the eye where that cut was so freaking nasty that there was times in that fight i thought it should have been stopped mm-hmm. and we were talking off the air and there's one part of me the, that was glad the referee used discretion, let the champ fight it out, let his corner get to the eye, and basically it was it didn't get worse to the point that it could have impacted his career. Mm-hmm. Because at one point in that fight, if you're watching that on a high-def TV, we all remember that Klitschko fight when he fought Lennox Lewis and that eye was bigger than two of my exactly. fingers combined. That was the first thing that came in my head was that, once again, another big heavyweight, that kind of cut, I wanted to see Fury fight again. I'll be mad that a Wilder fight didn't happen, but I didn't want anything to jeopardize his career later on where that a Wilder fight still be dope. So his great corner got the eye taken care of, got through that fight, and he won. I mean, he won handsomely. I mean, whatever how you look at it, he was the winner of the fight, but he took him lightly. So it's one of those type of things where that he could take the rematch and be like, look here, maybe I'm looking looking ahead to Wilder, I can't get the Joshua fight right now, and I need a fight to stay busy. Give me Waylon so I can just clean up anybody who got any question marks about that fight. Let me go ahead and collect another 10 to $20 million, and then we'll go to Joshua in the summer. Yeah, That will be one scenario if Usyk forces the fight and Eddie Hearn um, bends and says we do in April. 
that's normally the schedule for Anthony Joshua for a heavyweight fight, if it allows it, mm-hmm. would be, like I said, Joshua, then Usyk, and then Fury would fight Waylon. They mentioned some other guys, but Waylon seemed to be on top of the list. And he was just kind of sitting now saying, hey, I'll wait for this Fury fight. I ain't. I don't want to fight another cab driver. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one scenario that we don't want to see, which is delay it, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's bad, but not that bad because – I'll be interested to see if Fury steps it up and then just beat the craps out of him for like five rounds and knock him out. Or is Waylon really like Styles make fights and he gets in his head and makes it a 12 round fight. But, you know, Fury wins. But, man, I just couldn't get this guy out like with Rocky and Creed and Apollo and then Rocky won, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. And then, of course, you would have the big fight with Yusick and Joshua. But that could I'm saying that because that can possibly happen. Yeah, the possibility, man, we haven't probably brought up his name much in this conversation would be it. How, how aggressive does Wilder go after it in, in, in the media? I am glad you brought him up because we're coming close to the end of the show and we got to close out, but we cannot end without even mentioning Wilder. Deontay Bronze Bomber. I'm talking all kinds of crazy stuff by wearing 100-pound suits and, um, man, uh, Eddie Hearn offered me more money, but I didn't take the money. Wilder. Exactly. He, he's been wilding, folks. I mean, his name has been saying what after. All, all year round he's been doing it. And we are literally seeing – what happens when you see a man who's on top of his game be stripped of his power? Yep. I mean, we are watching in real time Deontay Wilder being humbled and him not accepting it properly. So we all got to sit back and say, oh, okay, I hope he gets himself right before his next fight because it's not looking good right now. It's it's, it's combustible. Uh, it's very combustible. He, there are certain days he's just n- – it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. He he's not coming off all right. Uh, definitely, if you've picked up any of his uh, any of his statements during the year, um, anything from the glove scandal. Oh, that was uh, all year round. I'm signing on the mic on purpose, people. Like if you're on Spotify, it's like <sighs> exactly. Why? I can't even describe it. Just Google Deontay Wilder in the gloves after the Fury two fight, and, just, and you'll just go why. Exactly. Just let it go. And if you're watching this, my head is down right now for a reason. I'm a while. I'm gonna yell right now. I was. I don't. know, Maybe still be. I'm on the fence war. I was a Wilder fan. I'm still you a know, Wilder fan. Yes. I'm not stopped being I'm a Wilder stopped, fan. I should say I'm not stopped, but I'm disappointed because he's making it hard to be a Wilder fan. That's different. Yes. I can't. It's hard for me to continue. I'm like just. I'm at this the whole year. I'm like shut up, shut up. You sh- you're accusing Fury of cheating. You want the rematch. Shut the hell up. And this is not selling the fight by saying the other man cheated. Exactly. It's one thing when promoter like Floyd was the master promotion, but he never said the other man cheated. Exactly. He would never come except for Margarito, who he never fought because we know he cheated. But that, that's another kind. We're gonna have, that's that's gonna be a deep dive one day. Big deep dive. Because people, he's a one of the biggest Kodo fans in the world. So just want to put that out there as a teaser. We we're, we will talk about we'll Antonio Margarito that piece of and Kodo. We'll so just want to put that in there. But. The thing that killed me the most with Deontay Wilder that came out two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he said that the offer to fight Joshua was more than the Fury fight. Did you hear that? I did not hear that. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I'm shocked that I didn't text that to you because the biggest issue that I had with Anthony Joshua was it was two things. And it's still some Joshua and Hearn's fault. Mm-hmm. They, it doesn't absolve them. Only thing it absolves them is the fact that they did offer more money than 
to fight Fury, which means that at that point it was ducked. But there was a time when he was lowballed and he accepted the offer and they did not get back to him because they offered him a flat $15 million take it or leave it. And this was a time when Wilder wanted the fight so bad he took it. But then they said, Oh no, you accepted it after the deadline. And we all see publicly him saying, yes, I want, I'll take it. He publicly said it. And then I remember that. part. So there's two sides of it. Same thing with Floyd and Manny, both sides are at fault. I, we can have that debate for future shows. I can go back and forth that both sides are at fault. And once again, both sides were at fault here. Reason why we didn't see Wilder and Joshua, but he going to say that after the $15 million flat fee, when that went out the door and they came back to the table again, the next time now, mm-hmm. now that's all you Wilder. You took, you said that they offered you more money and you said no. So you know what that means too? It makes me question me being the biggest fan of Al Heyman in the world. How many times that's happened and it was actually a bigger deal. But how much Al Heyman paid these guys in the back end to never fight these guys like that when that ish happens? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not and I don't want I, I don't want that to come off saying that Al Heyman's guys are ducking people. There's business involved where sometimes fights can't happen because it doesn't make money for the fighters. First first and foremost. But there's two ways to look at it. Does Heyman make guys not take fights for a certain reason? Or is that back-end money, how he takes care of his fighters so good that even if another promoter offers them more money, they still say no? It's, it's it, possible. You got th- to ask both questions. I think, I, think, I think it probably fits well, right? I mean, probably nothing, not, not, not in terms of maybe a lump sum, but say, let me take care of you for a little bit. We'll get the fight right, and we'll get you a better pay when the time's right. Yeah. Which makes sense if you think about how he, not how he handled Wilder, but if you think about all the fighters he received and it, 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 it followed some of the careers. And I was, I would just go back to the last episode we talked about Danny Garcia. I didn't like how Heyman handled him. That might explain why Danny Garcia didn't fight as much or didn't fight right away when he got in there. The fights that he had, eh, you know, I mean, that went, that, that, that fighter went from being hungry to not fighting. Barely fighting twice a year. Exactly. And I, he was never the type of fighter that, 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 he didn't have that notoriety to be fighting once or twice a year. He needed to be fighting three, four times a year. Yeah. He never earned that rep like that yet. And then once he became a champion and then he got a name, it's two times a year. So that goes back to Wilder here. And where does he fit in at? Because Heyman takes care of his guys. The only fighter that has left Al Heyman was Winky Wright. Not Winky Wright, I'm sorry. But um, middleweight, uh, Peter. Peter. Uh, Peter Keelan. No, no, no. Uh, Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs. Dan, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miracle Man. Got to see him at a, a couple years ago at a fight. Good dude. Oh, yeah. UAC, we saw him. Yeah. Oh, I actually saw him also um, at the Andre Ward, uh, Serie Kovalev one pay per view. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I, was at, I, I was at that fight. Uh, he was there hanging out. Of course, you know, he was maybe thought he could probably fight Kovalev or Andre Ward. You know, they were yeah. talking big game talking. But he's the only man since Al Heyman, you know, Shadow. Golden Boy took over Premier Boxing Champions PBC. Who's left him? Yep. You look at the hundred and like thirty fighters in the stable that has been there, fought, may have retired already, or just stopped fighting because they, you know, the sport made him retire. Mm-hmm. He is the only man in his prime to walk away from Heyman, and he may be back because <laughs> uh, his contract is up, and all the fights that is there for him at one sixty eight and one sixty. 
he can't be no floater free agent. He he would have both Charlo brothers. You know, he could have Arizona Lara if he wanted to fight him at 154. If he, you know, if, or he'll come up to 160 maybe or something like that. There's a few. Yeah. There's several fights for him, and I see him back of Heyman. So the same thing with Wilder right now. He ain't leaving. Yeah. So what does he do? Does he force another lawsuit for fear, which I don't think is gonna push the fight. I think the WBC is like, nah, Wilder, you've been chilling too long here. We'll get you your money. We need this money first. And so a, who does he fight? He's not fighting Luis Ortiz again. He fought him twice. He's not fighting Ortiz again. I, it, it's a, like I said, I think how how Wilder comes about this and the a type of pressure, or if he applies any pressure, is going to matter a great deal to whether he gets that third fight with Fury if jo, if Joshua's taken. If Joshua and Usyk's taken, Wilder's going to have every case to make, and he needs to be smart about how he makes the case. To, to get that fight with uh, with Fury, I would I wouldn't be surprised they have the fight. I wouldn't be as disappointed in watching the fight. I pretty much know the outcome of that fight with the third time around, but I think Wilder, in his own right, deserves his chance as a former champion to try to get his belt back. Here's a last point we should use here for this show. Here, I think I don't think it's gonna happen. We have Deontay Wilder against Andy Ruiz. Loser goes home. Uh, I think Ruiz is already home. <laughs> you want my honest opinion? I think Ruiz is already home. <laughs> well, you know, he's going to look for a third check, you know. He can, he'll see Wilder's like, yeah, yeah, big game hunting. I beat Joshua if oh. I come in shape, you know. You know, loser goes home, you know. Uh, you know, Wilder goes back to Alabama, you know, or Ruiz go back to Mexico or, you know, Southern California. No, you Ruiz know? is already home. He ain't coming out of the home. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it'd be an interesting fight if they both has were in there. I mean, like, as far as, like, Wilder's, how he cracks with his one punch ability and if Ruiz was in shape and he punched, I mean, he boxed. And that's just the point with Ruiz. That's that's the part that pisses me off about Ruiz. If he was in shape, if he had put out a better showing. If. It's always if. if he had Wilder up, is like, okay, a champion lost. I know what Ruiz I'm is if. Wilder, I knew what you knew what you were getting with Wilder, mm-hmm. and you still know what you're getting with Wilder. Ruiz, we didn't know what we were getting with him when he first fought Joshua. He beat Joshua. Now we know what we got with him because he didn't train himself appropriately for the second fight. I'm not confident that he'll be ready for a Wilder fight if he didn't get out of the house. Right. So to me, it's it's it's. But if he's in shape, you would like to see that fight, wouldn't you? If I knew he was in shape, if I can see his training camp, no if, beans if, and rice. Man, you need to get him away from the, the beans, the rice, the tortillas. Get him on a nice no, protein diet. Get him away from Mexico. Let's get him back to Southern Cal. Get him up in you know like Big Bear. Get him yeah, up in the mountain or there. Big Bear, Southern Cal. Let's bring him back. Let's bring him back up north. He, he needs he, to get away from Mexico. That's when he bought the Rolls Royce and drove down south. Get away from the Rolls Royce. <laughs> get yourself in a beater. Get your ass up there. Get ready to fight, man. No, Train no. for a fight. How about this? He can drive a Benz. You don't need the Rolls. No, no, no. You know, no, you can, no, you can no, drive no. a BMW. You no, no, no. After, no, you get downgraded. Sorry. You get downgraded after that no, shit. I mean, no, he's got he got like 30 million. You can drive a Benz. No. S, S class. You don't need the Rolls. The Benz will be there when he gets back. You know, I mean. Uh, the Benz will be there when he gets back. So you're trying to say he needs the Uber? Uh, he's probably Uber-Xing. Uh, maybe carpooling it there. And stay away from DoorDash. Uh, I think DoorDash needs to stay away from him. <laughs> They're making their money off of him. <laughs> we'll end it there. We'll, we'll talk about Wilder again. We got more game talk about Wilder because there's a lot about Wilder we want to speak about. So we'll get back to Wilder. Yeah, Wild, Wilder's uh, an interesting person for this upcoming year. Uh, I, I think uh, how he approaches trying to get into a third fight with Fury can be discussed in another episode. Yeah. So on that note here, we're going to have to shut down shop here because uh, – 
we don't want to go for two or three hours again. Maybe if we get like the Joe Budden podcast and y'all like us like that, we'll go two or three hours. But for now, we know we want to keep it at decent time so you can consume us and then keep coming back. So I got to say all the taglines and punchlines and all that stuff here. So what we know, what everybody knows that on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the Boxing Now podcast. Also, too, on Facebook, Boxing Now. Also on Twitter, Boxing Now. Um, Jorge? Uh, live underscore dominoes on Twitch TV, uh, streaming Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Please follow, and if you like us, what we're doing there, please subscribe. Oh, yes, and also, too, like I said, my other podcast that I'm with my brothers here, Johnny Dangerous, JD, Jeremy Dorsey, as well as Jeff Smith with, with me, Jump Off Live, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central Time, on also Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all the same, Jump Off Live. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central. So, um, any closing comments, Jorge? That was a mouthful at the end there, but this is a good topic that we had, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Oh, yes. We made episode two, so uh, hopefully we don't get shut down for episode three. And real fast, I apologize for my technical issues, but, you know, we just starting this off here, you know? It's it's, it's, it's an upstart. We're going to have a little growing pains, but we want y'all to work with our growing pains. It's a work in progress. Um, Shit happens. Yeah, it happens. So... On that note, we'll be back for episode three. But until now, we'll check everybody later. See you later. Stay safe, everybody.